0: Good morning, this is Northern Light for Friday, June 30th. I'm Monica Sandreski. And I'm Todd Moe. With the wildfire smoke from Canada covering the North Country, air quality index rose above 150 to an unhealthy rating for much of the region yesterday.
1: So if it's smoky out, we're not going to want to open our windows. You want to keep things closed down. You can also use a portable air filter, like a HEPA filter. You can run your air conditioner, but not bringing in the outdoor air.
2: Also, the North Country's congressional representatives are praising the Supreme Court's decision to strike down affirmative action. But the Chancellor of the SUNY system says the state's universities are committed to diversity on campus. Plus, one benefit of small-town life is that people step in to help each other out. In Saranac Lake, that's become a tradition when local businesses move location.
3: When I started telling people that we were moving, everyone's like, Oh, did you know Mark from Ampersound did this bucket brigade? Oh, Mark Kurtz and Barb, she did the moving party when she moved from Dorsey Street to this location. And so it's just like, this is the way.
0: All of that and more is coming up on Northern Light. Stick with us.
2: Broadcast of Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio is supported by the Depot Theatre, Westport, a professional equity theatre in the Adirondacks, celebrating its 45th season, org. And by Seacom Credit Union, serving the financial needs of people throughout northern New York and Vermont in person, online at CECOM.org and on your smartphone.
0: This is Northern Light. I'm Monica Sandresky.
2: And I'm Todd Moe. SUNY Chancellor John King says the state's 64-campus university system will find creative ways to make diversity, equity, and inclusion a priority within its student bodies. That comes after the U.S. Supreme Court decided to strike down racial and ethnic preferences in college admissions. King told NPR's Morning Edition that a commitment to accepting students from all backgrounds is essential for a healthy democracy. We're reviewing
4: now the policies at each of the institutions and how they'll be adjusted. You know, at the end of the day, diversity, equity, and inclusion are core values for us as a system. We're going to work to make sure within the law we maintain a diverse class. Factors like socioeconomic status, uh, whether or not a student is the first in their family to go to college, uh, the ways in which students may have overcome adversity in their lives, including adversity tied to race, uh, all of that will continue to be a factor and, again, consistent with the law.
2: Meanwhile, the North Country's congressional representatives yesterday praised the Supreme Court decision striking down affirmative action in college admissions. Congresswoman Elise Stefanik called the move a, quote, major victory for the American dream and all students. Fellow Republican Claudia Tenney said on Twitter, The court had ruled, quote, against racism in college admissions. But advocates for affirmative action say the move is a step backward for racial progress and diversity in higher education. President Biden criticized the ruling and urged colleges and universities to continue to pursue diversity on their campuses.
0: Smoky air is back in the North Country due to the wildfires in Quebec. The air quality is rated unhealthy for parts of the region this morning and unhealthy for sensitive groups throughout most of the North Country. You can find the latest air quality index for where you live by going to airnow.gov. Andrea Farrow is a professor of environmental engineering and an air quality expert at Clarkson University in Potsdam. She told David Summerstein, the smoke you're seeing and smelling is a mix of gases like carbon monoxide and fine particles. That particulate matter, she says, is most concerning for our health.
1: First of all, there's a lot of it. When the the trees and the vegetation burn, they don't combust completely. There's a lot of carbon in it, uh, but then other compounds. And so you're breathing this and it gets deep into your lungs. It also can get into your uh, bloodstream and
5: reach your organs. You know, we have various levels and we're announcing these on the radio, unhealthy, very unhealthy, hazardous. Um, How should we think about our own risk?
1: You should assess your risk personally. uh, And the air quality index Gives you good indication, so um, if it 's under a hundred, then uh, that 's moderate risk, really under fifty you have uh, good air quality, but at a over a hundred to one hundred and fifty it 's uh, unhealthy for sensitive groups, and so if you have conditions like asthma or COPD or heart disease, um, then you should certainly be be careful. I think anyone, really, if it's if it's over a hundred, you should be changing your what you're doing so that you can reduce your exposure.
5: And by changing what you're doing, like what what should we be doing? Should we be just spending more time indoors, closing the windows?
1: Definitely. So it's funny because around here in the north country, we often keep our windows open. A lot of people don't have may maybe don't have air conditioners, so we open our windows up at night and close them down during the day and keep the house cool. But uh, in this case, we'll have to add another factor. So if it's smoky out, we're we're not going to wanna open our windows. So you wanna keep things closed down. You can also use a portable air filter, like a HEPA filter. You can run your air conditioner, but not bringing in the outdoor air. Some of them run so you just sort of cycle your indoor air, but you're cooling it down. Uh, So there are ways to reduce, even if the particles get inside, to sort of reduce uh, the, the levels.
5: And uh, we should also mention that people should also, if people go outside, they can uh, wear um, N95 filter masks that we're familiar with from the pandemic.
1: Yes, they can wear an N95, but they need to make sure they wear it properly. So you shouldn't have holes, you know, under your chin or at your nose. Those are places where there's usually gaps. You have to really wear a good mask and wear it so it fits I think one thing we saw with the pandemic is that the masks weren't working well to prevent spread, but it's mostly because people weren't wearing them properly. So if you're going to wear a mask to protect yourself, make sure you have a good fit.
5: So what about exercise? So we shouldn't exercise outdoors? Is that probably like the worst thing that we can do when there's bad air quality?
1: you definitely don't want to exercise outdoors if you can prevent that. So you can time it. So one thing that's happening here is we see we have bad air quality days and good air quality days. It's because the air is coming from different directions. You know, So right now we have fires in Canada. So when the air is coming from Canada, we're getting uh, these poor air quality days from the wildfire smoke. So um, you can time your exercise so that you're exercising when the air quality is good. I think it's important to mention that people, you know, feel immediate effects from the wildfire smoke. Maybe they get itchiness in their eyes or irritation when they're uh, breathing, shortness of breath but there can be more serious effects that we need to think about so that we really are careful about this exposure and trying to reduce it. So if you have asthma or COPD or heart disease, these conditions can worsen. And also there's um, potentially effects with neurological disease. Uh, So this is a current area of research where um, exposure to Smoke, definitely smoking and traffic, but we're looking at wildfire smoke too, can, can be associated with uh, neurological disease like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and even cognitive performance.
5: And so this is likely going to become something that's more a part of our lives, checking the airnow.gov uh, map to see what the air quality is in our area and sort of responding accordingly.
1: I think so. You know, it's something that we haven't really had to worry about too much in the past but I think some of us are getting used to doing that now and when you leave the house in the morning deciding to you know what how do I set up my house um, when you go to bed at night should I keep things closed down
0: Andrea Farrow is a professor of environmental engineering at Clarkson University. She spoke with David Summerstein. You can find a chart with the different air quality levels and how you can alter your routine accordingly on our website, ncpr.org.
2: listening to Northern Light right here on North Country Public Radio. It's 10 minutes past 8. Good morning. I'm Todd Moe
0: and I'm Monica Sandreski. Just ahead, grant money going to two venues in the Adirondacks is good news for the future of visual and performing arts. We'll talk with the leaders at Pendragon Theater and the Lake Placid Center for the Arts coming up in just a few minutes here on Northern Light. Also, NCPR, NCPR's fiscal year wraps up today. Your support is what keeps keeps this community resource strong make the news the information the music the conversations that you get on NCPR possible with a contribution at ncpr.org/give this matters to you make the commitment say yes give now at ncpr.org/give and thank you from all of us at North Country Public Radio
2: Music by pianist Adrian Carr out of Plattsburgh. Find more of his music on our website, part of our underscore project, ncpr.org slash underscore. He's got a concert coming up as part of his summer concert series this Sunday. He'll give a concert in Essex at the Community Church. On Lake Champlain, that Sunday afternoon at 3, Adrian Carr at the Essex Community Church. Northern Light is supported by Adirondack Foundation, helping people and families build a legacy of generosity for the Adirondacks, adirondackfoundation.org.
0: A former Fort Drum soldier and Watertown teen have been convicted of kidnapping and killing another serviceman almost three years ago. According to the Watertown Daily Times, a New Jersey jury on Wednesday found Army Specialist Jamal Mellish and his former girlfriend's brother, Hanan Aiken, guilty of murder of Corporal Hayden, the murder of Corporal Hayden Harris. The killing took place in December 2020 in Sussex County, New Jersey, and followed a dispute between Mellish and Harris over swapping their vehicles. The Times reports that Mellish and, Mellish and Aiken forced Harris into the backseat of a pickup truck at gunpoint. They drove him then to New Jersey, where they shot and killed him. Aiken was 16 at the time of the murder and was tried as an adult. The Times reports the trial was first postponed because of the pandemic and further delayed by other issues. Mellish and Aiken are scheduled to be sentenced in August.
2: The recently retired Lowville Village Police Chief and a sergeant are accused of misconduct. State police on Wednesday charged 47-year-old Sergeant Philip Turk with felony falsifying business records and misdemeanor official misconduct and petty larceny. 59-year-old Chief Randy Rogge faces one charge of official misconduct. According to the Watertown Daily Times, Turk is accused of getting paid for working three full shifts in January that he had not worked. He allegedly submitted a bi-weekly time record that included false entries in order to cover it up, resulting in the felony charge. The Times reports that Chief Raggy allegedly authorized Turk's time record. The arresting document says that in doing so, he was, quote, knowingly demonstrating a severe lack of supervisory oversight. The two are scheduled to appear in Lowville Town Court on July 6th. The Times reports that Raggi's retirement began Monday. Lowville Mayor Joseph Beagle told the paper that Turk has been on sick leave. He says the village does not have to suspend either of them since they haven't been doing any police work or been at the department.
0: An 18-year-old from Akwesasne will officially play professional hockey. Carrie Terrence Jr. was selected by the Anaheim Ducks in the NHL draft yesterday. He's a center who played more than 120 games with the Erie Otters in the Ontario Hockey League, notching 40 goals and 31 assists in two years. The Saint Regis Mohawk Tribe congratulated Terrence in a Facebook post. The tribe said he quote has won the hearts of the Akwesasne community and serves as a a role model for many young indigenous hockey players.
2: One benefit of small town life is that people step in to help each other out. In Saranac Lake, that's kind of become a tradition when local businesses move from one location to another. Earlier this week, folks gathered at a consignment shop that was moving to a new storefront. Emily Russell happened upon the action and has this story.
6: Main Street Exchange sells secondhand clothes, shoes, and household items. It's been open in Saranac Lake for more than a dozen years. On this day, though, the store is emptying out, getting packed yeah. away in bags yeah. and boxes.
1: Yeah. Spread out and let's just pass this out. Yeah. Yeah. Peter, stay there, we're going to spread out. We need a bucket brigade. That's insane.
6: Main Street Exchange is moving to a new storefront across the street, and about 20 people have showed up to help. I'm, like, literally in goosebumps right now. <laughs> That's shop owner Tori Vasquez. Today, she's also kind of like a director, telling folks what to pack up and where to put it all.
3: Um, so now we're just going to start clearing out the craft room. Um, we have a bunch. Vasquez
6: bags, advertised bags, her move on Instagram. She says a lot of the folks here today are people she knows.
3: Most are consigners. Um, my whole family is here: mom, sister, brother, aunt, cousin. Everyone's here.
6: It's like a little party. Folks are catching up with friends, joking around. <laughs> <laughs> there is also a lot of heavy lifting happening. Tell me just what your what the day has been like for you. What you've been doing physically? Um, sweating. That's Vasquez's mom, Marjorie McCabe. She drove up from Oswego County. McCabe lights up when she talks about her daughter.
1: She's the spice of Saranac Lake. (laughs) That's what I tell her. Because she's always so bright and vibrant with her clothes all the time. She definitely expresses herself. And you can't miss her, so I guess that works out because look at all the people came to help her.
3: <laughs> Hi, guys! <laughs> we come to help. Yes.
6: Everyone I talked to here today oh, says this is just what happens in Saranac Lake. Locals answer the call to help their neighbors. Vasquez says this kind of community move actually has a history here in the village.
3: When I started telling people that we were moving, everyone's like, oh, did you know Mark from Ampersound did this bucket brigade?
4: So we can start lining up now about six feet apart.
6: That was back in 2011. A video on YouTube shows hundreds of people lining the streets of Saranac Lake. They passed box after box from the old Ampersound music store to its new location.
5: I saw the real true spirit of this town come alive when we moved Ampersound from Woodruff Street, very close to where we are now, down to Upper Broadway.
6: That's Marty Rowley, also known as the king of this year's Saranac Lake Winter Carnival. When Rowley heard that Main Street Exchange was having a moving party, he couldn't resist. As the saying goes, many hands make light work.
5: I'm doing fairly easy work. We're just moving stuff from one store and I'm moving it into a car that goes or drives around to the basement of that other store. Yeah, there
6: are the uh, black shells who go as close to the tables as possible. Vasquez is really problem. excited about her new storefront. This time around she says it's gonna be more than just a local consignment shop.
3: I have plans on creating a maker space clubhouse <laughs> event space kind of room.
6: For anyone who knows Vasquez, this will not come as any kind of shock. She's super involved in Saranac Lake, serving on committees, hosting fashion shows during Winter Carnival and the Pride Festival. Vasquez also wants to fix up and sell some of her consignment pieces online, bringing Main Street Exchange to the world.
3: Now I have a space because here I was like putting up racks in the middle of the store and sewing on the counter and stuff. So yeah, it's going to be a good growth for us.
6: For Vasquez, this shop was originally just a job out of college. Then it morphed into her own business when she was just 21 years old. Vasquez is 24 now with another big adventure ahead of her and a lot of folks willing to help out along the way. Emily Russell, North Country
0: Public Radio, Saranac Lake. Main Street Exchange opens in its new location in downtown Saranac Lake tomorrow.
2: Listening to Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio, I'm Todd Mo,
0: And I'm Monica Sandreski. In just a minute, the next stage for the arts in Lake Placid and Saranac Lake. Then stick around after the show for Bird Note just ahead at 842. But first, Todd has a look at the weather for us.
2: Hazy, partly sunny skies today, highs upper 70s, low 80s, light winds out of the south-southeast. Chance of rain starting late tonight, lows in the 60s overnight, and then tomorrow and Sunday, highs near 80 in the afternoons with light winds out of the south. About a 60% chance of showers both Saturday, Sunday, and a slight chance of uh, lingering showers on Monday. Partly sunny skies right now in Canton and 67 degrees. John Warren checks the latest outdoor conditions for the Adirondacks.
7: The sun will rise about 515 and set about 845. There is a chance for some afternoon thunderstorms and the possibility of some air quality alerts due to the Canadian wildfires. Keep a close eye on the weather and plan alternatives in the event that a thunderstorm is expected, which can make stream crossings impassable. High peak summit temperatures are forecast to be around 60 degrees. Waters around the region are a bit above normal levels for this time of year. The U.S. Drought Monitor continues to report most of the region is abnormally dry, however. The Hudson River gauge at North Creek is forecast to be at about four feet through the weekend, except during the Indian Lake Dam releases for rafting, of course. At Piercefield, the Racket River is forecast to fall to a bit over five and a half feet. Lake Champlain is at about 95 and a half feet on the gauge a little north of Whitehall. Water temperatures remain mostly around 70 degrees around the region including at Upper Saranac Lake and Mirror Lake. Lake Champlain and Lake George are in the upper 60s. Over in the DeBar Mountain Wild Forest, the Skiff Pond Trail is impassable after a washout not far from DeBar Meadows. You could still reach Skiff Pond by taking the Meacham Lake Trail just short of two miles until it meets the Skiff Pond Trail beyond the washout. Hiker information stations will be up Saturday and Sunday at the new Mount Van Hovenberg Lodge and at the Garden Trailhead, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m., and hiker shuttles are not running on Route 73, and the high peaks parking areas will fill very early, especially with the upcoming July 4th holiday. This would be a great time to explore less visited places around the Adirondacks to avoid problems with trailhead parking and to find some solitude. Those are the outdoor conditions in the Adirondacks this weekend. For North Country Public Radio, this is John Warren from the New York Almanac, online at newyorkalmanac.com.
0: You're listening to Northern Light right here on North Country Public Radio. It's 822. I'm Monica Sandresky here with Todd Moe. And it's a busy summer for the Lake Placid Center for the Arts in Pendragon Theater in Saranac Lake. The LPCA is hosting an exhibition of costumes from the Downton Abbey television series. And Pendragon just launched a run of the Rocky Horror Show. That's in addition to workshops, classes, and camps for young people. The two arts organizations are also looking to new spaces to reach new and diverse audiences in the coming years. The Lake Placid Center for the Arts is among 19 arts and cultural organizations across New York that will receive state funding for capital projects. The LPCA will receive a grant of $7.5 million to build a new, art, new modern arts complex.
2: Thanks to a Restore New York grant of $2 million, as well as major individual support, Pendragon has reached nearly... Three quarters of its fundraising goal for a new theater in downtown Saranac Lake. Sarah Norris is artistic and community engagement producer at Pendragon Theater. Michael Aguirre is managing director at Pendragon. James Lemons is executive director at the Lake Placid Center for the Arts. And I caught up with all three of them via Zoom recently to talk about how these new chapters will impact artists, audiences, and local economies. James Lemons says the LPCA's current facilities are 50 years old and have begun to limit what the organization can do. He says the influx of the grant money will have a great impact on what the LPCA
8: will be able to offer the community. We have been spending the last year dreaming and planning and for us, the next phase, uh, which is about four months long, is called design development, where we share those plans with the community, we get their feedback, and then we take their thoughts and ideas about what we got right where we need to make some adjustments, and we spend time going back into the uh, – putting the pencil on the paper, confirming those plans. Um, you know, uh, I think Mike can tell you these uh, investments in, in capital are, are challenging. We want to make sure we only have to do it once uh, for the next – In that that what we're doing now really will sustain the organization for the next 50 years. Uh, uh, but we're just so excited to be able to offer the opportunity for, for – residents and, and visitors to the North country to have so many fantastic options in a couple of years when all these projects are complete, you know, a new facility at Pendragon really is such an amazing investment in the Saranac Lake community and the region of arts and culture as a whole, uh, that that people will now be able to experience really world-class arts in all of their communities. And we just think that's such a moment of celebration uh, for every organization. Lake Placid has that, that history and culture
2: around sports and the Olympics and the outdoors. And this represents yet another facet of life in,
8: in Lake Placid. There's been such an investment rightfully so, in making sure our Olympic heritage or our Olympic history is really honored and and sustained over the future uh, years. It's amazing to us. I always say this region, our audiences are the best in the state, uh, and they love the physical performances, the dance and the circus arts, because they understand the athleticism that's needed in order for those artists to really do their work. And so this community is really such a unique Place to experience arts and culture because the audiences are just so responsive and so communicative and so amazing uh, that we're really excited to talk about economic development, sustainability of, of the region from an audience perspective. Uh, and really, part of our work has been uh, working with, the, the, with Roost and the Local Economic Development Commission to really further that destination management plan that was developed that identified arts and culture as a opportunity for investment in the local community to make the quality of life significantly better here. And we're really excited to, to move that plan forward in a meaningful way and really provide additional opportunities for people who are in the region. And Mike, I know that you guys are, are, are following the same path there with, with the investments that Pan making into the local community. Yeah, and I'll I'll
4: let Sarah hit on some of those, too. Since last we talked, Todd, we've had some, some great investment, both artistically, both with our capital project. We received some major support, first time in a while, from the National Endowment for the Arts, which is always a great sign. It's for an artist residency program. It's supporting local artists, commissioning local artists, and commissioning national artists. And the idea is they are... Creating art here in Saranac Lake, and it is being presented free to the public. We're just recipients of the Restore New York Project uh, Grant Program, which was for two million dollars, which pushes us over our seventy percent fundraising goal for our new building. James is in another place at the moment, but he hits on he hits on an idea that we spent a number of years talking about now, which is sustainability and. How are we serving the artists in the area? How are we serving the community members who have put in 40 years already to make Pendragon what it is? Making sure community collaboration is a big part of that. And that's part of this NEA grant partnering with Blue Seed Studios. We want our new venue and our new space to be somewhere that Pendragon is... Creating work we want to create, but also it's a place that community members, community artists, organizations are also taking advantage of a unique
2: state-of-the-art space. Sarah Norris, what excites you about the grant money, the awards, um, the collaborations?
7: I'm, I guess, looking at it from an artistic point of view and what was so inviting
0: about this entire region is how welcoming it is to artists of any and all disciplines. I think that there are people, there are artists, there are community members. Uh, really rallying behind uh, both organizations because there's a need and a desire to work in beautiful facilities where, you know, it, they're community centers. They're, they're places to gather and do the best work possible. So just as an artist, I'm
1: really thrilled at um, what the future looks
8: like. It's interesting to me that that, you know, I think what we're... All really talking about is that connection point. So we're, we're really utilizing this historic $10 million investment in arts and culture locally to really grow that place where artists can connect with each other, where audiences can then connect with the audiences. We're really facilitating that conversation in meaningful ways and providing a new home and a new and new places for that connection to take place. And I think that's so exciting that, that we're all able to really facilitate meaningful connections between people, especially after the last few years when that's been a challenge.
4: One of the things Sarah and I always talk about too, we give the, the restaurant analogy, building off that James, where if if someone goes to a good restaurant and they enjoy their experience, they enjoy the food,